0: we mentioned that we are going to take a break this week from our study in the book of Revelation and we'll come back to that next week but uh, we have a very special guest with us we're going to have Todd Wilson from the Family Man Ministry and uh, as, as uh, you can applaud for that too That's good. This is, this is Todd's eighth year coming and share with us. And, and as many of you know, if you don't know, Todd is a very much sought-after conference speaker. He teaches and speaks on things like family and marriage and pa- parenting. And uh, so uh, he, Cheryl and I, are always so encouraged on our journey when he comes and shares with us as a congregation. It was a few years ago as he was talking about parenting and marriage he used a phrase that we've gotten a lot of mileage out of, and it's simply this, that it's hard, but it's good. And he talked about how the hard things in life, you know, the good things are typically hard, and uh, the easy things aren't typically good. And uh, so just a very, very encouraging message. But what I also love about Todd is that sometimes Todd can because he's not the pastor. He can say things that, that uh, I don't always say. And so um, sometimes he can take an uncomfortable truth and he can present it in a way and, in a way that we need to hear. And I think we're going to find that today. Hopefully I'm not giving too much away, but what I love about Todd and Debbie and his family is they really do love the Lord and uh, they are really, really the real deal. And I'll let Todd share more, but would you please give a warm welcome to Todd Wilson, the family man.
1: All right. It is good to be back. It is good to be back. And I was—I said in the first service that, that that phrase, it's hard, but it's good. I really hate that, actually, um, because I do like it a lot easier. I'm getting tired of the hard part, you know. Um, but it feels so amazingly good to see your faces and to have you breathe on me. Uh, so, you know, feel free just to come up and breathe on me. I'm good with that. Um, because some of the world just feels kind of crazy right now. Um, Never would we have guessed uh, that we'd be where we are. I mean, this is just really weird. But before I get a... I'm getting ahead of myself, but uh, uh, my name is Todd. In case you haven't been here in the last eight years, I can't believe it's been eight years. Um, That means I've spent over a week in your parking lot alone uh, as far as nights. Isn't that amazing? uh and uh, uh maybe you saw our rv out there with the big gutta dad on the front uh it's normally we spend our nights in walmart parking lots um and in fact while we were out this this last time i got to cross off number 290 unique walmart stays i know that's something worth applauding for no i'm kidding um So, but it was quiet last night, uh, and uh, Drew woke us up this morning, brought us breakfast. I mean, this is better than a bed and breakfast here. You, it could be a stream of revenue. You know, you could have uh, campers out there, uh, maybe during the week. uh, So you could reserve your spot now uh, for that. But uh, my, I've got four of my children with me. Uh, My four oldest are married, and uh, that's been an amazing thing. Uh, My oldest uh, lives right next door with their two children. And there is nothing sweeter uh, than to hear your granddaughter call Pops, and that's what she calls me, Pops across the, uh, across the, the yards, and uh, it's just an amazing thing. But since last time I was here, uh, I, we had three marriages last year, um, and uh, my uh, second oldest son and my daughter... Uh, They were married, and they live about 25 minutes away, and so that's amazing. And then my uh, fourth oldest, my son, Ike, uh, he and his wife got married, who is also my daughter-in-law's sister, Uh, so so that makes my son, I think, my nephew now, but I'm not sure, Uh, (laughs) something odd. (laughs) But uh, my son, Ike, and his wife, Carolyn, uh, are uh, living in a camper in my yard, uh, which is kind of like every parent's dream. Uh, <laughs> uh, actually, it's, it's the end of shattered dreams because what they had wanted to do, they had wanted to, uh, after they got married, their plan was they were going to go work at Disney World for a year because that's what they'd been talking about for years. And uh, of course, then boom, the world changed. And this is the worst time to get a job at Disney World. And uh, so they had planned to get a camper. They were going to stay in a campground, one of those long-term campgrounds, and it was going to be a great deal, but that didn't work out, so now they're in my yard. Uh, But that can't last long because it's not like living down here where it's warm all year round. Uh, It's cold there now, and uh, so they just bought the house across the street from me. Um, so it has been abandoned though for 15 years. Last year had dirt floors, um, but, uh, once they, and now it has real floors. Um, but, uh, so they're, they're starting that process of, uh, uh, renovating it and getting ready to move in. It's just, but it's just an amazing thing. Uh, never in my whole parenting life would I have guessed that my children would live so close, but it has been an amazing, amazing thing. Um, in fact, uh, we're all, all spread out right now, but they're all gathering at Fort Wilderness this week. Um, so we're all there. Some of them are already down here. Some of them are close to down here and, uh, we're looking forward to that. So that all begins tomorrow. Um, so, uh, so that's a little bit about me in case you don't know anything about me. Um, and let me just t- say today is not what I had planned to, to bring to you. Um, I, 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 I don't know, it, maybe because it feels so much like coming home to me now that we've been coming so many years, that there's a lot of pressure on me. And, you know, it's like when you were in Little League Baseball or something and your grandparents came to watch you play and you just hoped you didn't strike out. That's how I feel. Uh, so, but, so I had planned something, you know, like really months in advance. I'd been chewing on this, this, this passage that keeps kind of haunting me. Uh, that it just feels like something we need to address. And then that all changed just a couple weeks ago um, because uh, of something I saw on television. I'll tell you about that in just a second. Um, but this is not one of those messages that's nice and clean. Um, you know, your, your pastor, he does uh, kind of a verse-by-verse, uh, uh, verse, and he says that, I think, every Sunday because I watch him on your, uh, live, on your feed and so he goes verse by verse, and, and I, I like teaching that way because, you know, especially when it's like areas that have to do with God and that don't mean I have to change too much. Does that make sense? You know, I, he even says that, doesn't he? Does he say that? Does that make sense? Yeah. He's like working through me here on the, at, the, at the pulpit. Um, and the, the ones that are hard for me are the are the ones that seem to be like in your face. What we're going to talk about is like one of those in your face things. In fact, as I was thinking about it and and writing, you know, little notes, and I hardly have notes, just jots on a paper, I just realized how bad I am at all of it. In fact, now I can't tell you, uh, this. this all began about three, maybe four weeks ago when they had a debate on television. And if you've looked at those, that little handout sheet there, you'll see there's a little preview of what we're going to talk about. Um, because, you know, it was the presidential debate. And I, my son was planning to watch it. My wife was planning to watch it. And I said, I'm not watching it. I know it's going to be a lot of drama. I don't, I, I don't need to watch it. I know who I'm voting for. I don't need, I don't need that. Now... Uh, I saw about five minutes of it, and I was not disappointed, because it was a lot of drama. And uh, it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. And as I was watching it, I thought, this is not a debate. This is just an argument, (laughs) you know? And, And they're, like, doing all these things that just made me mad and them mad and everybody else watching it mad. And it was, like, out of control. But as I watched it, I thought, man, I think I'd do some of the same things. And so I just started making some, like, little notes uh, to myself, of of how to argue and ground rules that we shouldn't do when we're arguing. Kind of thinking about what took place, and uh, and you know, I know because you're you're a Bible grounded church that I wanted you know to have some passage you know that we could go and study. And I looked; there just aren't any good argument passages that have to do like with one account, you know, like one. Uh, not a story, but something that took place. And so I, I pulled off all these verses. Um, and so here's your assignment. Your assignment in the coming week is just to kind of look down through those. Maybe look them up and, you know, if God speaks to you and some of them, you know, make a note for yourself. Um, but what I'd like to do is, uh, and we're going to refer to uh, some of them along the way. But on the back of that, uh, you'll see that it, uh, that's about as good as an outline as I can do. Um, and, but we're going to have some points. If you'd like to write them in there, and uh, uh, you can talk about them later or maybe refer to them. And now, I should say, there's something about arguing that we don't like, uh, I mean, and which surprises me. Um, you know, maybe we're fearful. We like to pretend that nobody does it, you know, that we don't argue. We argue, don't we? Yes, thank you. Don't say it so—did you say that, ma'am? Okay, you're supposed to think about it. Like, you know, and now it came out. Okay, um, we argue. We do. In fact, uh, you know, even in the Bible, they argued with God, it seems like a lot. You know, they, they, God would say, you know, I, I, I've loved you, and yet you say to me, how have you loved me? Even in uh, Genesis chapter 6, I thought this was really interesting. Uh, You don't have to turn there, but it's it's talking about how, uh, you know, the world was getting more wicked, and then God says, my spirit will not contend or really argue with humans forever, for they're mortal. Their days will be 120 years. I think he got to a point, and this is right after, you know, he he talks about how they're living real long, you know, 900 years, and then they had a son, and they lived 800, and then 996, and uh, Methuselah. And right after that, it's kind of like, I'm just tired of arguing with him. I'm not going to let him live so long, you know? And, and, uh, but we have this thing that we like to pretend that we don't argue. Uh, in fact, I've talked to couples who've said, we've never argued in our marriage. Well, <laughs> thank you. Uh, but you know, it's amazing how many of those couples are no longer married. Or I've got a a guy right now, he, he, he told me just recently, he goes, yeah, my wife and I never argue. Well, they do live in two separate states. Maybe that's part of it. But here's the deal. If you're not arguing, that means you're either lying or you're not engaged. And I don't mean like you're not engaged to be married. I mean you're not engaged. Because when you take two people with two brains and two backgrounds with two big old suitcases of baggage, and you put them together, it just is a, a, you know, a recipe for argument, for discord. Um, again, and that's okay. It's okay. I think God's big enough, and I, what, what I'd like to do is we're going to talk about how to argue better. You know, my wife always says to me, not always, but she has said many times, you know, we just have never learned to argue in our marriage. And I'm like, you kidding me? We argue great. You know, we got this down. You know, we don't need any more practice. Um, but what she means is that it doesn't look very pretty when we argue. And I'll tell you what, I'm not going to give you any rules for arguing pretty. You know, you're not going to get to the end and go, you know, you're right, honey, this is not a good parking space. I'll just move the car. We'll move a little closer. You know, or, in, in our, yes, dear, you know, maybe that wouldn't have been the best movie to show our five-year-old and six-year-old. But, you know, maybe I guess I could see how they might need to survive a zombie apocalypse someday. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm talking about the ugly, sinful argument like, you know, you had on your way to church today. Uh, or maybe we'll have later. Those are the ones, kind of like what took place on that debate that wasn't a debate. And here's the very first thing. So if you're going to write things down, uh, here's the first thing. The first, I, it's not even a guide. It's just a, what did I write on there? Debate rules. It's a rule. Here's a rule. The first rule: don't interrupt. Did you see that on the debate? I mean, they could not say two words with the other without the other person. You know, and I don't. I, I don't mean to, you know, tear down, but they would even warn them and say, okay, this person's going to talk. Don't say anything until they're finished. And I mean, it was three words and they jump in. Here's the thing. We do that, don't we? And this should not be that hard. It's pretty cut and dry. You know how, what does that, what happens when somebody interrupts you? What does it feel like? It's not; they're not listening. It feels uh, like a a put-off, doesn't it? I mean, it just feels like they—you want to throw up a wall. You're like, uh, in fact, I was talking to uh, a relative, and and she was saying that that, and she's one of these people who is just vivacious, and she just has a lot to say. Um, Maybe that's you, you know? And uh, she was saying that that her daughter-in-law came to her at one point in their togetherness in their relationship, and and was angry. And she said, you never are quiet. You never let me get a word in edgewise. And as this relative telling me, I mean, tears are flowing down her face. And my wife said, how did you get past that? And she said wisely, because I love her. Because it's worth it. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But she learned to not interrupt, you know? And it's super easy. All you do is do this. I mean, look how well you're all doing it right now. You're not going, yeah, Todd, but. but I, and I do that. Sometimes I can't even control myself. I even think about it. I Sometimes I envision myself like Jacob Marley. You know Jacob Marley on A Christmas Carol, The ghost how he comes in and he's got that rag on top of his head and he pulls, it tight and it pulls his mouth shut like that. Sometimes when I'm talking with my wife or even my children, I envision myself with this thing around my head. And I can't do it. And my mouth still opens and I say something. Sometimes for my kids, you know, kids are a little different, you know, um, because my kids will walk into my office and say, hey, Dad. And I'm like, no. And they'll say, what? You don't even know what I was going to say? No. And they're like, yeah, but could I? No. And, you know, I think it's kind of funny because they're asking for something that I know they're going to ask for, but I interrupt them. But even when it's funny, it's not funny because they just want to share something. They want to talk about something. Um, Husbands, you got to be careful. All you do is you keep your mouth shut when your wife is talking to you. It's not that hard, is it? Yes, it is. (laughs) You just keep saying to, you repeat to yourself, keep my mouth shut, keep my mouth shut, keep my mouth shut. And then when they're done, you say, are you finished? And then you talk. Ladies, it's not just a man thing. It's a wife's thing. I've been around some, not you, not specifically, but I've been around some ladies where I want to say, can you just be quiet Because every time their husbands begin to talk, they interrupt. So don't interrupt. That's an easy one, okay? That's an easy. Just keep your mouth shut. That's the first one. The second one, don't call names. Don't roll your eyes. Don't mimic. Don't mock. But we saw that on that presidential debate, didn't we? In fact, here's how bad I am. Because, no kidding, I was working on this. I had written this down. I was thinking about it. I was praying about it. I went upstairs, and my wife said something, and I went, and I rolled my eyes. And I thought, I'm a loser, (laughs) you know. I can't do it. Because when you roll your eyes, what does it do to the person who's listening to you? It dismisses their thoughts. I mean, it's like you're dismissing them. Oh, you're stupid. You don't have anything to say. You're wrong. And again, we do that. What about when we mimic or we mock someone? You know, because sometimes when you're in the midst of a heated argument, you, you look like you're in the midst of a heated argument, right? And we get right in their face and we make loud noises and we make funny faces does it help when someone then mimics what you 're doing it's like pouring gas on the on the flame, and it makes it worse. How about names? I mean we saw our you know our both candidates they both said mean things about you yeah, he's a clown i 'll tell you really when you start throwing names out it means you 're losing the argument anyway which Can I just give you some comfort? Um, When people say mean things in in the midst of the argument, it means they feel like they're losing. And they don't really mean it. But here are the part of the rules you're not allowed to say them. You can't say, I hate you. You can't say, you're stupid. You can't say, I don't want to be married to you anymore. Because those are really just power words, aren't they? And do we say those things? Just say, yes, you do. Maybe not all the time, but we do. My dad used to say, if your kids don't say they hate you, it means they're not talking to you. And he, doesn't, he wasn't, didn't mean it like they say it all the time. But when you're engaged, mean words come out. And they, and they shouldn't. Okay, that's the second one. So don't, don't call names. Um, number three, uh, seek to understand not to be understood. Does that make sense? You know, because oftentimes when we start these arguments, all we can think about is how we were wronged and how we want you to understand why you're really wrong. What we should be doing is we should start by listening, so I can understand why you're saying what you're saying, and I know that again that that's almost foreign to us. Um, and the husbands, in fact, that's even maybe more so for us, because it says in First Peter chapter three, you know, husbands are to to live with your wives in an understanding way, not an understanding way, but an understanding way. And I'll tell you, that's hard because we don't understand, even with our kids. We should understand because when you've got a a teenage son who's acting like a teenager and we can't understand why they would even act that way. Why would you choose that? Because we forget that we were once teenagers too. They can't imagine what we are going through because we're, you know, old. But we should be able to remember what they're going through because we were there. And sometimes we expect them to act like we are like our age. I expect my 20-year-old son to make decisions like a 50-year-old guy who God's been working on him for 55 years. When That's not even realistic. He's got a lot of lessons to learn, right? So I need to try to understand where he's coming from. Husbands, again, we need to do that. You know, I remember one time uh, for with my wife, um, because I don't always see it, life as she sees it. But I remember one time, We were at our family lake cottage, and uh, uh, I remember I kind of had this like little routine where I always take my glasses off and I set them on on my dresser at night. And I remember that, uh, you know, one night uh, one of our kids wakes up, and our kids were young at the time, and they're screaming. And so, you know, like something happened. They were afraid. I don't know, fell out of bed And um, I got up because I kind of feel like it's my duty, you know, take care of those things so my wife can sleep. And so I get up, and I go over to put my glasses on so I can see. And I pick up her glasses accidentally, and I put her glasses on my face. And I had this thought right when I did that. I thought, wow, is this how my wife sees things? And so in the background, my kid is screaming his head off, and I'm just sitting there going, huh, this is weird, you know? And I thought, I wonder if she, and so I did this, like, little tour in my head. I wonder how she sees things. You know, so, like, we were working on this big house project, and it was just a huge, messy house project. And, uh, you know, I mean, we had torn down the ceilings, and petrified mouse droppings were falling onto our kitchen table, you know? And, and uh and I just thought it was awesome. I loved it. You know, it was big. We were transforming a hundred and ten year old house, and and uh, and I thought, I wonder how my wife sees things. So in my head, I'm think I kind of look through her glasses, and I see she just felt like a big cloud was over our whole lives, that it wasn't, couldn't go away until it was all done, till the last bit was done till the last bit of trim was finished. Men, I'm giving you a hint right there, okay? Uh, Because your wives are all going, get the trim done this weekend, okay? Um, You know, and then I thought, I wonder how she sees our kids. And so I put on, you know, I was looking through her, and where I see our kids is a lot of fun and a lot of energy. You know, she just saw these mess makers that never stop, that never give her a break. And then I thought, I wonder how she sees me. And that was scary. And I kind of step in front of like the mirror in my, and my kid's screaming in the background the whole time. And, uh, and I just saw this smiling me who was really nice when he wanted something. You know, I think that's what we're supposed to do. Husbands, we're supposed to, as we argue, we're supposed to seek to understand. So we ask questions. So what do you, what do you mean by that? Oh, yeah. We're not supposed to be putting our thoughts together so we can make our counter-argument when she's finished. We're supposed to listen. Okay? So the third one is to to understand. The fourth one is don't shift the blame. I mean, I saw one of our candidates, uh, they were asked a specific question, and they they said, how would you do this, or did you do this? And his words were, why don't you ask him? He did the same thing. You know, and, and, and again, I find myself doing that, like shifting the blame onto her. Let's make this about you, not me. When I don't know why a candidate doesn't just go, you know, I didn't make a mistake there. I'm, that was, I wish I hadn't done it, but that's the way it was. I mean, we would just all fall over dead if that would happen your wife would fall over dead husbands if you did the same thing. Ladies, so would your husband. You know, there's nothing wrong with being wrong, is there? But we've kind of been, I don't know why, but we think that there's something wrong with being wrong. Do we all make mistakes? Yes. Why don't we just admit it? I mean, I know I don't like to either. When I go there, my wife will ask me to go to the store, and I'm only pick up four things. And, you know, one of those is a can of baked beans. We always get the same kind of baked beans. But why does a store offer 20 different kinds of baked beans? And they all look like they're the same can, you know? And so I bring the Hawaiian Cajun (laughs) baked beans home, and my wife's like, why did you buy these? You know, and I want to go, well, you make mistakes too. Why can't I just go, I'm sorry, I picked a wrong stupid can. We should, shouldn't we? Because as soon as we do that, it starts to calm down the fire. So don't shift blame. And again, that's hard for some of you. You know, my wife, she was raised in a family that everybody blamed everybody. Because if you took the blame for a little thing, it meant you were bad. And so when milk was spilled, everybody blamed everybody else. Because we certainly couldn't say, I accidentally spilled the milk. At my house, it didn't even matter. Nobody cared if the milk was spilled. And so when we first got married, I would be like up in you know, the, uh, my bedroom, you know, separated by two floors, and she, I'd hear her go, Todd, why did you do that? And I'm like, I'm up here. <laughs> but why did you put the milk in the refrigerator that way? When all you have to do is say, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. So don't shift the blame. Uh, the next one, don't clam up or be silent. Uh, I know some people, uh, they, they don't argue, they just are silent. Silence speaks something, doesn't it? It kind of says you're not worth an argument. And it's a way to control things. It's okay to be silent sometimes. You know, sometimes we just need that break. I know my wife needs that break sometimes. Uh, Sometimes she'll say, Todd, can you just back off? Because I'm like a puppy. I want to go, let's resolve it. Come on, let's resolve it. We can finish this right now. Come on, we can resolve it and get on to the rest of our life. And she doesn't want to resolve it right then. She just wants some space. And so I have to, and that's hard for me because I've been taught, you know, you want to resolve it. But here's the deal. If you're going to be silent for a little while, you got to come back and deal with it. You know, husbands, I don't, I, I'm not a big fan of, I got to go for a walk or I got to go, you know, I'm going to go for a drive. If you ha- but if you have to, and this is the argument, arguments are ugly, you come back and you deal with it. And I know, maybe you're like me, I don't like to deal with it. I just want it to go away on its own. I think if I can just give it enough time, maybe it will vanish. In fact, sometimes when we go to bed, you know that verse, don't let, your, don't let the sun go down upon your wrath, yeah, well, whatever. Um <laughs> <laughs> The sun's still up somewhere, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I try to, re- you know, I want to resolve it, you know, at night and we're like, okay, and and, and but sometimes I will say, you know, I just don't want to talk about it anymore. Let's just let's just not talk anymore right tonight. And I'm like, okay. Now, in the morning, She may say to me, why didn't you resolve it last night? And I'll say, because you just said you wanted to go to bed. She goes, well, I wanted you to work through that. I don't get it either, but okay. (laughs) But here's the deal. Sometimes I think if I could just, you know, maybe if we sleep on it, I'll wake up and it will be gone. This is just from my experience. I wake up and it's bigger. Again, what she needs me to do is she needs me to take it to the end. She needs me to resolve it. So if you walk away from it, you come back and deal with it. If you're going to have silence, you come back and deal with it. They do not disappear on their own. Um, And then that leads me to the next one. And maybe this is the biggest one. Don't try to win the argument. Don't try to win the argument. Because in a debate, that is the goal, right? You want to have the most logical, the best answer, so they rank you as the winner. As we argue, among husbands and wives, among parents and children, in-laws... We can win the argument and lose. You can be right and wrong. Because our goal in our arguments is what? I'm asking. What did you say? To win it. Yes, yes. That is the answer, but not the right answer. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure she's writing down these things that I'm talking about. Okay. (laughs) What did you say? You said resolution. What did you say? Somebody said something over here. To understand, yes. Peace, harmony, to be closer. All those things. It's unity, right? I thought, now if I was in a Baptist church, they'd go, our goal is to glorify God, which is true. True. I think we glorify God by all those things, by unity. We do want a winner, but the winner is not me. It's not you. It's us. Again, that's hard for some of you. Even in my RV this past week, I think it was yesterday, I heard someone say, yeah, I heard another, they were talking about another family member. They said, I'm going to keep arguing until you admit that I'm right. Yeah, that one hurt, didn't it? Because we have a strong desire to be right. Even my son, my oldest son, I mean, he has a huge desire to, to be right and to be justicely right. You know, I mean, when, I can remember arguing with him one time, and, and after it was all over, and I wanted to restore it, and I said, you know, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? And he's like, yes. And then I just look at him and wait. And he's like, what? And I'm like, did you want to say something? (laughs) And he looks at me and he goes, why? Did you think I did something wrong? (laughs) And I'm like, you know. In fact, that very same son, I can remember sitting in his room and saying to him, you know, Ben, sometimes you're going to have to apologize to your wife even when you're right. And he looked at me. He said, I don't think I can do it. (laughs) Because he can only do it if justice is served, you know, and he is actually wrong. And then I knew it was one of those great father moments when uh, we were talking in our yards about a year ago, and he said to me, he goes, Dad, you know, sometimes in marriage, you just have to apologize when, even when you're wrong or when you're right. And I'm like, ching, yes, lesson learned. You know, and for us, that's a big deal. So we want, we want unity. And for you, that might be hard, but do it anyway. Don't try to be right try to win together. And then lastly, you know, just take it to the end. Take it to the end. That means there might be something going on right now that you need to resolve. Um, You know, it might be something that's been going on for a while. Maybe it's something that you don't feel like has ever been, the issue has been resolved. Can I ask you, I'm going to ask the men first, men, take it to the end. If you have to say to your wife, you know, is there something that I've done that I've not resolved? If you're brave enough, be prepared, because there probably is. And then you say, tell me about it. And then you don't open your mouth until she's finished. And then you say, I'm sorry will you forgive me and then ladies because this is tip this is typical when you've come to that place you let it go and you just you're done with it and maybe he hadn't taken it to the exactly the place that you need him to take it to can i just encourage you to let it go why 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 should you let it go for unity to win. And so your assignment is this. Take those verses, work on those, and then just have a good argument this uh, week. Uh, try it out. Um, and I, again, you know, I have parents will say, of young kids will say, well, I don't want my, our kids to see us argue. And I'm always like, why? Because your kids need to see you argue. Because one day they're going to get married, and they're going to argue. And wouldn't it be a shame if they said, oh, this is weird because my parents never did this. And they need to see how you resolve it. They need to see how you don't interrupt, how you seek to understand, all those things. In fact, my daughter-in-law, Carolyn, the one who's living in my yard, uh, she she said within the last, I don't know, months, She said, you know, I just love your family so much because you guys argue. She didn't go on to explain it. But apparently there was something good about that. So thanks for allowing me to be here again. Um, Where We have a table out there. I'm going to pray for you in just a second. Uh, We have a table out there with some uh, books on it to encourage you and family. And if you're a homeschooler, and lots of people were made homeschoolers this past year, uh, we've got some homeschooling things out there. Uh, in the past, I've always brought these uh, You to Dad daily calendars um, for you husbands. They are make great stocking stuffers, ladies. Um, these are just hot off the press for 2021. Uh, each has been sealed in a plastic thing, so it's safe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, and my kids assembled them, and some of them even had a shower within the weeks, Uh, so uh, you can rest assured uh, with those. Um, uh, If you are into podcasts, we have some uh, podcasts that we do for the men called The Family Man Show, Um, and we have an email out there that we send out to lots of dads. We'd like you to sign up, um, and you can find that out at the table as well. Keep doing what you're doing. You have an awesome church. You have an awesome pastor. Uh, You're an awesome body. You're a real body that argues. Keep arguing. Um, and uh, let's pray together. Father, we just thank you for uh, this time just to be real, and I thank you that, uh, that we're all in the same boat together, that uh, you've given us separate minds and separate backgrounds, and, but still you want us to be one, even as you and your son are one. Forgive us as husbands, When we get so concerned about winning that we quit trying to understand and that we interrupt and we can't keep our mouths shut and don't listen, I pray, Father, that you would help the wives and husbands and parents to resolve things that need to be resolved. And we thank you again that you're not surprised by our own ugliness sometimes, but you are enough. And we just pray all this in your name. And everybody said, amen. 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 Have a great day.